How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Corey Boswell, host of Talks Boss Podcast, and also the person who runs the social media football page on Facebook and Twitter, known as Full Kentucky DBA. Today's special guest is Nick Rash of Kentucky Sports Radio. How you doing today, Nick? Corey. So what's your thoughts on what Mark Stoops was able to accomplish this year in the football war for the University of Kentucky? Now, I will say this. Before you do give your opinion on that, the last time we chatted, I think I called 10 wins, and we ended up getting 10 wins. So how do you feel that Mark yeah. Stoops and the coaches uh, did this year? Before we lost connection there you were you were talking about Wondell Robinson so I want to touch base on him how do you think uh his one season there compares to all seasons at Kentucky for me uh other than you know that one year with Woodson where Woodson had that NCAA record for most consecutive passes if I'm not mistaken it's still a record actually that's probably the most impactful offensive uh, season I want to say in Kentucky history it's crazy what he did in one year there's no telling what he'd have been able to do had he originally came here like he originally said he was going to to begin with before ended up flipping his decision to go to Nebraska. It just it's it's just insane what he probably could have could have had easily I say easily probably minimum minimum three thousand total receiving yards. Well, what's what's crazy about it though, Corey, is like fun to play the game. What if him and Lynn Bowden were teammates? Where if he comes here early, then Eddie Grant's still on offensive, and you don't get. Cohen experience, you know, where it's, you know, because I I think you needed to kind of hit a four to be like, all right, listen, Eddie, thanks for everything. And hell, you just watched some of Josh Allen's running highlights and you're like, oh, Will did that this year. Will did that this year. Uh, If he can make, if he can make a significant jump next fall, that dude could be a first round pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Easily. Now, I'm sure the people at uh, Penn State are kicking themselves in the arse right now. Now, the the styles of Big Ten and SEC are two different things. I mean, it's a foregone conclusion. And it's, it's not even close as far as the style of ball and the f- football between each conferences. But to know that Penn State could have had what Kentucky has, and I'm thankful that State made that unfortunate mistake on their part, I, I couldn't imagine how they're feeling right now knowing what they could have had in Will Levis. Well, and that's what's what's funny about the game too because there's going to be sometimes where they do pick the right one, but it is a gamble. It's a gamble you take, and uh, that's just kind of the nature of the game of the transfer portal. And so far, Kentucky's played it well. Uh, they added the Ohio State defense lineman Darian Henry Young. Um, they also uh, picked up Tavion Robinson from Virginia Tech, who I think is on the wide receiver. So uh, Kentucky's done well in the portal so far. There's no doubt about that. No, definitely. Now, speaking of the portal, before we get to other topics, do you feel like it's more of a bad thing than a good thing? Because to me, like, as you as you look at the numbers, the numbers are, I want to say, borderline overly saturating the market of the transfer. The thing about the transfer portal, like a lot of those hot takes, just what they are, but I – Looked at where every outgoing transfer portal player in Kentucky went last year and find success. Some guys flame out and they're done with football and some fall kind of somewhere in between. Um, you know, like Bryce Oliver, he went down to the FCS level at Youngstown State. He caught as many touchdowns in two years at Kentucky. Now, granted, one of those was with the Lynn Bowden thing, but like, you know, like I, that that was a good move for his. Then these guys find homes where they can have some success. They can get the playing time. Um, and, and, you know, and for, for some, it, it's not always going to be story for some. I think you're going to have some of those horror stories where, uh, you know, that they, they find out that the grass isn't always greener. That happened with Alan Daly, who was a starter at Kentucky. And then yes. he goes to South Alabama. And after two games, he's like, screw this, I'm out. So you have some of those. But then, like, MJ Devonshire goes to Pitt. He starts every game for him. They win an ACC title. So uh, I, I think we'll see over like a four year cycle that, 
for the most part, even though a lot of guys are going to drop down in level of competition, they're probably going to yeah. overall be happier. Like, I, right. I don't know about you, Corey, but sitting on the bench and getting your ass kicked in practice, that sucks as a football player. And actually getting to play, that's why it's fun. And, you know, I know it's cool to be in big stadiums, big stadiums for big games. But I, after you go to a couple of those, it wears thin. You don't want to put in all that work and not play. So I, I think all in all, it's going to be a net positive. Um, we're going to get some horror stories here and there. You're going to see some grumpy old men complain about it. But for the most part, I think that the, the transfer is a good thing for college athletics. Definitely, definitely. So I want to get back to uh, the coaches at Kentucky for football. What do you think about the job that Stoops and Big Dog Vince Morrow and others have been able to do the last, specifically the last two to three years as far as recruiting goes? Because recently, the last two to three years, Kentucky has gotten players and players from states and other teams in SEC too that we never thought we would be able to get. What's your thoughts on recruiting the last two to three years? You've, I mean, you, you have to say it when you sign the highest ranked recruiting class ever. Uh, I mean, and especially how they've attacked it at certain positions and the places they've gone to. Uh, you look at the receiver, the receivers, the talent that they've been able to bring in. Uh, I know they went to the portal for a guy like Javon Baker, but for the most part, they've got a lot of talented young guys where two and three years should be a position of strength instead of a week. Uh, you've also seen them go into places like Tennessee. Now, it's uh, for a lot of the major recruiting battles it's Tennessee versus Kentucky and you know especially in the city of Nashville where there's a lot of talented guys who were able to pick up Shamar Porter this week a top 200 player who's really talented pass catcher so I think all in all you have to be pleased with how Kentucky's been able to recruit Uh, but you know you can't get them all you can't get them all so do you think the narrative has finally changed for the public's perspective and perceptions of Kentucky football fans and football in general at Kentucky? Do you think the tide's finally turning as far as the narrative? And sadly, Kentucky's reputation, I mean, it might be different nationally, but regionally, like the dude who covers the athletic for the SEC, David Ubin, he still doesn't, he, he just acts like Kentucky doesn't exist. There's a lot of people who grew up in the South. It's going to take years and years of this eight, nine, 10 win seasons to get that Kentucky out of the it's been five years. It's going to be at least a decade before that 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 mindset changes. So um, I I think I might see it by the time I get to forty. Respect on Kentucky's name. But South Carolina gets Spencer Rattler, and they're you know they're going to. That's kind of how it is. People have this. It takes almost a generation to phase that out. <laughs> it, it's at least in the in the bluegrass that has changed, and you've seen the Big Blue Nation really embrace. What's your projections for the team next year? You know, the, the biggest, it, it's its weird. I mentioned Thievers being a position of strength in the future. It's weird saying that offensive line is the biggest question mark because it's been so stable, stable for so long. We saw Eric yeah. Wolford leave in a ball of flames on his way to Alabama. That was about as nasty so me, a separation now, as me, we've had here. Let me, let me ask you about that. I didn't see or hear about that till late last night. What exactly happened? And, like, was it really that bad? Essentially, Wolford was out on the recruiting trail. He was recruiting a guy named Jalen Farmer, who has been a Florida commit for a long time. Uh, Wolford was recruiting him at Kentucky, and they coaches, I think, were under the pressure he was on that recruiting trip. And while he was out, he interviewed with Nick Saban for the Alabama job, and essentially was like, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll take it. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if there was any negotiating, trying to get a raise from Kentucky or what happened. Once that interview happened, he went back to recruiting Farmer and offered him a scholarship to go to Alabama. And then Farmer visited Ooh. Alabama and Ooh. they never saw Wolford again in Lexington. So it was ugly. Uh, spoiler alert, Wolford did not get that recruit. The kid ended up staying committed to Florida. So it was, um, 
It was ugly. It was nasty. I think I don't think the coaches, I think there was a little bit of friction between them throughout the year, but they were able to get through that because the offensive line did play well. But the, the young guys didn't get a lot of reps, which is going to kind of put some question marks on next season. And then uh, he, he did recruit well, though. He, he recruited very well. So you got to give him credit for that. But there's going to be a lot of questions on that offensive line next year. That's pretty severely bad like i don't think i've ever heard of that i mean i'm sure it happens more so often than not we just don't hear about it Mm -hmm. per se as much as we should you know that's bad wow that's and and you know what that's That's like that's like a vindictive girlfriend or a vindictive ex that's been treated well and it still finds a reason to complain like that's just bad it's um Football recruiting makes people, I think, a little, I don't know if it's crazy, but crazy stuff happens in it that is otherwise, yeah. it doesn't seem normal, but it might in those situations. And I think in this one, uh, there was some courtesies that were glossed over. And if you just make those courtesies, then it's no big deal. But those right. got glossed over in the heat of the moment. But uh, you know what? Wolford was always kind to of me. I, I enjoyed, you know, best of luck to him. Now Kentucky's got to go find a new offensive line coach who's, uh, you know, Job job won't be easy next year. You got to place to center and two tackles. I, I think they like Eli Cox moving over to center, but um, still going to be difficult to replace an All American and Darian Kennard and, and Dare Rosenthal at left tackle. No, definitely, definitely. You know, the last several years here, here sporadically, you know, Kentucky's been putting linemen in the league, mm-hmm. and they good, yeah, like, I mean, quality. Not just it really league quality. I think holding them backs in on the sideline for the because he had a knee injury he was out for the year and then lane and young was starting as a rookie for the saints and he had a knee injury so got to yeah. keep these guys healthy canard's been crushing it at the senior bowl uh, a lot of people are i know a lot of kentucky fans are getting excited here but they they're kind of pegging him into the Bengals at the end of the first round as being a potential first round pick so that mm-hmm. could be a, a solid landing spot for super bowl champion cincinnati Bengals, perhaps right right, right. speak speaking of them you know We'll get back to Kentucky since you brought up the Bengals. I'm I'm far from a Bengals fan. My team hadn't done nothing in twenty something years. Cowboys here nor there, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's crazy. But to see something like that in the NFL, like it's good for the culture. It's good for the sport. It's mm-hmm. good for camaraderie. There's so many positives to have a team like Cincinnati be in the game, win the conference championship. Oh, and do and- what. It's, it's 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 good all the way around. Well, to be able to turn it around, it gives you know those. It gives like a Jaguars fan hope. You know, I mean, hell, it wasn't that long ago they were in a conference championship game against the New England With Blake Patriots. Bortles. Yeah, yeah. So a quarterback away from turning things around. You're right. It's great for the sport because it gives those franchises hope. And uh, you know, we had the Brian Flores story come out, and he he's claiming that the the Dolphins owner was going to pay him a hundred grand a loss to tank. Mm. Now, and as you bad know- as that sounds, if the Bengals had won some random inconsequential against like the Bears in like Week 14, they might have played their way out of getting Joe Burrow. And now here they are in the Super Bowl. Hell, tanking actually might be if you're bad because then you can end up with a guy like Joe Burrow or, uh, you know, like the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. They drafted quarterbacks and, and completely turned their franchises around. And what's crazy, in, in a two-and-a-half-year span, what's how many nicknames has Joe Burrow got? Joe Shiesty? There's like, what, ten of them Joe out Burr, there? Joe Burr. Yeah. He's Joe Cool. I like Joe Cool. He has went from winning the national championship to potentially winning NFL Super Bowl in a span of total three years or less. Has that ever happened in the history of football? 
Well, and, and that's the thing. Two other quarterbacks that have won title. Joe Namath was one, and the other one is escaping me right now. But it's not few and far between. Uh, so to be able to, it's almost yeah. Davis, like, you know, where he had that outstreet year. He's won a national championship, national player of the year. And Burr Miller, because he's from right down the road from Cincinnati. His dad right. uh, the Bobcats forever. So, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. So he's definitely got to be NFL comeback player of the year. With a knee injury last year, no doubt. I mean, how many times did he get sacked? <laughs> And then, uh, he's, he's got sacked like seven times against the Titans. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So what's your thoughts on the fiasco of uh, our friends 60-plus uh, miles down the road of the athletics of U of L and the travesty of what was Chris Mack? What's your insight and thoughts on that? Satterfield is one standing. We thought he might be the first one to go. Now he's the only one left. Um, man, I actually was at the Duke on Saturday, the Duke basketball game, Duke global basketball game, and I, I was at least happy their fans got a reason to be you know excited for something and now they're kind of turning their satterfield's great now too because he's been recruiting well he got that quarterback from california to commit but Louisville surprised you so the the it, it had been such a disaster over there for so long to have all of these administrators out and mac yeah, out and I, I i'm at the point where i kind of feel bad for for Louisville fans Corey. it's <laughs> I genuinely, I genuinely do. You know, I was speaking with uh, Blake and Baker uh, the other day of ESPN Louisville, and it's like, like you was just saying, like, how can you not be surprised if something that's not good happens? There's <laughs> been a consist, there's been a consistency of not good things happening on a yearly it, basis. It's it never stops. It never stops. Um, I do think ultimately, though, though. Last choice, one that Kentucky fans won't like, Howard Kenny Payne, and he'll probably bring. He'll, he should provide stability. He's able to recruit, and I mean, he's definitely heavily connected. That is without question. You look at Kentucky's team last year; they didn't have it. They got it now. Oscar Sheboy is of the year, rebounding like nobody we've seen in decades. Yeah, him, yeah, Grady, yeah, we are like Jimmy's and Joes, and so I think KP he can provide some stability over there and give him a little excitement. You think World Wide West will come with him? That's a possibility. People don't ain't, ain't he in New York with them? Uh, he, he leave his job with the Knicks, but I'm sure if there's some sort of recruit, uh, you know, he'd pass along the good word to Kenny. But his guys, if he's at UL, Cal's still going to get his, and Cal's still probably going to have the upper hand most of the time because he's just on a bigger, different platform that's already more well established and that he doesn't have to build from the ground up. Cal's been doing this 11 would be inheriting a dumpster over at UL, so uh, <laughs> plenty for uh for cal to make sure that he maintains dominance no definitely you know the one thing that i often find puzzling when there's been louisville fans out there louisville people in general that have a negative thought or whatever about uh kenny Payne uh in regards to the head coaching position don't nobody get experience without being given a chance you got to give this man a chance. You know, there's a lot of people saying, well, he had a chance to be a head coach at DePaul. He didn't take it. Just because he didn't take it doesn't mean there wasn't a valid reason that he didn't take it. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Like you, He could have known this Louisville job was was going to be opening up soon, <laughs> you know? Uh, but I, 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 I agree with you wholeheartedly, though. Like, you can't you can't knock him for not having any experience. No, until you know. Give the guy a chance. He, he might exceed your wildest expectations. I mean, surely to God it couldn't get any worse. 
What's your thoughts on what Cal's been able to do there this year, the way he's been able to mold the team and what he's been able to do with Oscar? I like the word you use, mold, there, because they have come together in the last six weeks or so where you, you weren't sure about just like, are, are they fitting right? Stretch, you just really didn't know what this team was going to be. Uh, but Ty Ty Washington has really developed into a star. You know that Xavier is going to have a bunch of assists. You know that Oscar is going to rebounds. And you know that Kellen is going to hit a couple threes. But what's nice is that, and Chin Coleman said this other day, he's like, you know, any one of these guys can go off. There's been four different players score 25 points or more in a game this year. Kentucky is a complete team as of right now. Might even get more complete if, if Shane Sharp plays. You know, speaking of him, like, I don't think he's coming back. He ain't seen the court, and he's already a top 10, top 15 lottery pick. Like, as yeah. I mean, seriously, you, you want him to come back as a fan, and you want him to come back as a coach. But at some point, injury always plays. You're always at risk no matter what you do in life. Mm-hmm. Sitting here, you could fall, hurt yourself, you know, in the chair. You know, it just is what it is. If I'm him, I ain't coming back. Adios, amigos. I'm gone. Deuces. Chuck it up, buddy. Yeah, Why would I, you risk coming back to play to play a game or two or a season of college when you're already top 15 lottery it's pretty much guaranteed with you man and that's why i'm not i'm not bullish on him playing for kentucky next season but hey he also did love for him too but i I, i'm with you just from x's and o's the camp is saying all the right things they're saying like hey we want to develop a whole player we just don't want to get to the nba as quick as we can we aren't just looking for a payday and by the way we can have our payday now you know we we can get now, paid with nil now. now here's the thing though before we get right back to it that could work actually in kentucky's favor i never thought of that you can get paid now i mean he's driving a porsche to practice you know honestly like, yeah so like it, it's it's not a bad gig but the the injury risk aspect of it does you know why, why risk not being a top 10 pick just to play your college basketball so uh i'd like to see him wearing number 21 on the court old tayshaun prince number out there uh, he looks awesome just from clips and everything. And I, I, I would love to see him playing at Rep Arena, but I'm definitely. What's your thoughts to the people out there that aren't even really having Oscar Sheboy? I can't believe I pronounced his uh, last name right. I'm not going to try because I'll probably fumble it again. <laughs> that's that's insane. Um, what's your thoughts and uh, opinion on the people out there that don't, for some reason, sadly consider Oscar as a national player of the year? My thing that solidifies this Canyon FC and ain't just this play, it's if you have a person like Jay Billis, who is a duker to the core, makes a valid argument for Oscar to be a national player of the year, what more do you need? I think we've seen people, like, they were always talking about him being like a, man, the way this guy's playing, he could be player of the year. And it was always this kind of uh, cheery conversation. He's he's getting to the point where when you play like he did at Kansas, you can't ignore Unless a, a, a Baji from Kansas goes on a hot scoring streak or uh, Jordan Davis just takes it to another level. I mean, Oscar's rebounding like nobody's rebounded in college basketball in 20 years. I mean, I remember KD had a game here and there in Texas where he had like 27 boards and uh, grit. But Michael Beasley at Kansas State had a couple games like that. Oscar is doing that on a regular basis. Shocked if he doesn't get at least 12 boards. So ultimately, you know, if he if he can remain healthy and keep doing what Oscar always does, that him the Player of the Year award. Isn't he averaging a double double? No, it's 16 and 14 right now. It's insanity. He, he is on a whole nother level. Whole nother level. Definitely. Now, with the way that the team had played against the Jayhawks, 
definitely, uh, this is definitely looks like a Final Four team. What's your thoughts on how far they can go if they continue to play like they did? The the thing about them too is that they it's been in a couple halves this year where I mean there's been multiple fifty burger halves out there and like that that's that's hard to do in, in college basketball and they'll end up taking the foot off the gas later on in the game. Um, but you know one of this is Cal's I think best offensive team according to Kimba so far they're third in the country in offensive efficiency if they can keep playing that good defense like one of those things that we look over overlook in that that Kansas game is Abaji was scoring like crazy and then got held to like six points or something. The Kansas two best players had 20 points on 25 something shots, something ridiculous like that. I think the defense is is where uh I know that Corny Cloche offense wins games, defense wins championships, yada yada yada. But if they can main continue to improve that defense, then you can withstand some some scoring slumps because not every game you're going to be putting up those 50 in the in in halves uh, but if you can get some of those bad games out early score like crazy in elite eight then yes you're a final four team you're a national title contender you can do all of the if you're healthy and that's one thing you know i always like to joke Corey, like don't don't get all your good shots in at warm-ups you you, you want to save some for later get all the injuries out of the way because they were rolling ankles every other minute there for a little while let's, just let's get all those ankle rolls out of the way and, and move on because uh, this need this team healthy in March. Oh, no, you, you definitely do. So I'm going to go back to Mark Stoops. At some point, as a Kentucky fan, we've chatted about this, but it's only just for a little bit. Like, you got to really start to worry about Kentucky potentially losing Mark Stoops if Kentucky continues to go on the trajectory of success that they have been the last few years in football. At some point, somebody's going to come along with that offer. Well, the good thing is, Corey, is that Kentucky pays just as good if not better than anybody who would want to go get him true and, and i gotta go back to what i said earlier that's like people still think of kentucky as kentucky he had a crazy coaching search and every time stoops's name came up for an lsu or you know uh what was the other big one oklahoma that was open yeah. like whenever these jobs come up the the fan bases just stick their nose up at the thought of hiring a coach from kentucky kentucky's lack of reputation actually keep their coach the other fan bases don't really want him. if if you you're know an what? athletic yeah like correct. if you're an athletic director who wants to hire stoops you have to sell to your fans because they kentucky's coach he can't be any good right. so I, I think actually kentucky's reputation has helped them keep mark stoops and i you know frankly after getting through this one stoops he's probably going to end up being a lifer here he's here and he's here to stay for the long haul and you know what though i hope you're correct but uh, a good portion of me is not just as a sports person but as a fan really believes that because of what what he's been able to do here and how mark has been treat it here you well, know sometimes sometimes money ain't everything you, you are doing this to get paid sometimes money ain't everything and it's almost like mark is showing that based upon his loyalty he's a he's been a very loyal person he's turned down some good opportunities mm -hmm. and and you talk about treatment from the fans there are few jobs where like fans revere him they'll also let him be him you know he can enjoy uh you know town drinking bourbon and eating steak and people aren't going to bug him you know like in few places college towns are as nice as lexington too so he also like the life here he's, he's got it kind of made in the shade and i think he understands at this point in time that what why mess up a good thing so he's got it rocking and rolling he was very excited last offseason about taking it to the next level about hitting the reset button offensively it worked and now you can build upon it you've got Will Levis coming back, Chris 
Rodriguez coming. You've got a ton of your defense coming back outside of Bully, uh, Pascal, and Corker. So there's you can keep this thing rolling, and you could end up seeing another 10-win season in, in 2022. What's your thoughts on Coleman? How long do you think Liam stays? Because he had a very successful year. So let's say if he has the same success or better, does he come back for a third year? Go ahead. Yeah, I've always felt like he was a two-year guy. Um, I don't know. It just that because that second year kind of validates what you've done and i think knowing you have levis for both years a quarterback that could execute the offense how he wants it to be done i, th- I think that's ultimately the move and I, I have a feeling that the move will probably be to nfl offense coordinator uh that, that that that's just my sense of things really change but i i ultimately think that he can be good enough to get to the nfl ranks if, if levis is playing at a high level and he gets plenty of time uh, and protection to be able to throw the floor. definitely what's your thoughts on jj weaver dude's good uh, and hell, he was not even a hundred percent for all of last year. He, he still was doing the rehab train pretty consistently. So ultimately, he's going to end up being a. I I, I hesitate to say exactly where, but he's probably going to end up getting drafted after next season. But that dude is an absolute stud. He can do whatever you want from the edge. So uh, the key is making sure the guys behind him really develop next fall because I think they're going to have to be replacing him in twenty twenty three. Oh, definitely. It's almost, it's unfortunately almost a foregone conclusion that they will have to uh, replace him. You know, he's just got natural ability. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, Duke could, Duke could play basketball for Kentucky. You know, I worked at the high school where he, where he was at. And just watching him play on the basketball court, the way he can jump, the way he can move, he's a natural athlete. And then you factor in his wingspan, you factor in his natural athletic abilities all the way around, you're going to get picked off that bait alone. And then you factor in your actual skill on the field. But, you know, well, I agree. Go ahead. Sprinkle in the clutch gene, too. I mean, every – he saw Florida in a big moment. A game he got hurt against. And then he had a, another big pick. I want to – to remember what game it was. I think it was the Louisville game, you know? He's got he's, he's got, got a vindictive heart. heart. If you let him down, he's going to make you pay. Uh, he got picks. <laughs> <laughs> the team that didn't recruit him hard enough at UofL. And then the team he also – you know, speaking of uh, Louisville not recruiting him, they really didn't. You know, I never once seen a coach from Louisville come. I seen Vince Tyra come once to to the school grounds. Not to say that they nobody came prior to me mm-hmm. working there at the school, but I mean, come on, that, f- have a player like JJ from the city of Louisville. That's doesn't happen often, and for the for. It was just a bad look. On- yeah, they've gotten better at recruiting the city. They got a kid from Mayfield to commit uh, the other day. Um, so Satterfield, he's, he's at least address like he, he hears the concerns. He's trying to address him, but hey, it's still Vince Merrill City, you know, uh, until proven otherwise. So um, cats are crushing on the recruiting trail. Louisville's they're 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 tr- bless their hearts. They're doing well, but uh, it's still a Kentucky State. Two more things before we end this great conversation. I want to touch base with you with what's happened the last 24 hours with uh, the former Miami Dolphins coach. I want to get back on that, Brian Flores. Like, this is really, like, bad for the NFL, man. You know, I can't stress that enough. We all know that it is, but it's worse than people think. People are like, oh, he got to have proof. He's got to have proof. The fact that stuff of this magnitude is being brought or there's accusations of this magnitude should be enough because we all know the issues of African-Americans being head coaches in the NFL and the Rooney rules and all that per se. Like stuff has been going on long enough. So for somebody to finally come out with stuff like this, that's bad. 
like super bad. Curious too. Like I, I'm, I haven't dug into every details, and I'm not a lawyer too, so I don't know how. I, I do think that the NFL is going to be able to lawyer their way out of liability for a lot of this stuff. But I hope it at least there, there's enough done to try to kind of change the behaviors of of some of the coaches. Like the the biggest problem that football in general is it, it is good old boys club Definitely. i mean like there's if you mess up somewhere else get a second third and fourth chance instead of giving another guy opportunity like bill o'brien dude he he had success as you not as much as you can have it to the playoff every year he became yeah, I mean, a gm and then he got stupid he got really stupid he made one decisions he traded deandre hopkins it's like people in general are tired you know it's good boy system but like you just mean to tell us or just tell me or whoever specifically that only one african-american is good enough to be a head coach in nfl i'm not buying that nope 90, 90 over 95 percent of the head coaches in nfl are caucasian <laughs> and 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 when they when african-americans do get interviewed to be head coaches it's almost like with all these accusations coming out, it's almost like they only are because they have to because of the Rooney rule. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's never not been this with specifically within the last 10 years for, for it to still not go away, for it to still be an issue for people. That's an even bigger problem for the league. Yeah. And some good comes from this. <laughs> that, that, that's the big part is like, you, you've taken some steps in the past, a big step forward in NFL. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Nick, I want to thank you for your time, sir. I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Go Cats. I'll talk to you again, man. Appreciate it. Take care, man. Dude, that was awesome. Glad we finally made it work. <laughs> hey, dude. It took long enough, brother. <laughs> we did it, though. We did it. Take care, man. See you.